Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I am joined by my dude, the bad guy, NWI Steve, and we are here to celebrate a 10-4 White Sox shellacking victory. It's pretty awesome to watch this one. Sox been on fire lately, but before we get into this game, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at ONTAP Sportsnet, at Socks on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us, so be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. Steve, when you and I get on together, it seems like we whip some ass, and that's what we did tonight, man. What, what did you think of this one? Hey, yo, Buzz. First of all, good to have you back here in, in the mix, and uh, yeah, listen, you know, there's something about this tag team combination here. Whenever we get together... You know, we're just dropping people on their heads. I mean, that seems to be what we do. We're, we're kind of like the outsiders in that regard. You're a lot taller than me, and but you have the better Hey Yo voice, so I don't know where I fall in here. I will be Disco Inferno, a part of the NW. I think I, I, that might be the character I need to be. <laughs> what, about six? what about six? What about six? Yeah, you know, I just, the sex tape with China's got me all fucked up with that. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a good call right there. And, yeah. and you know, the methamphetamine. You probably would steer clear of that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, fuck it. I'll be, I'll be six. You know, I mean, I, I can throw some really sweet spin kicks. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man, this game started off hot uh, tonight. Tim Anderson, Steve. I mean, we have to touch on that immediately. Tim Anderson. Another leadoff home run for the Sox. Has this dude found his home at... At leadoff? Because he was great batting seventh last year. Batting leadoff, it looks like he's even better. You know, it certainly looks like that. I mean, um, I know I'm someone that was very critical of the idea of having Tim in that leadoff spot at the start of the season here. But, you know, he really has been the straw that stirs the drink, so to speak. Um, and, and I know Johnny and I, you know, we, we touched on that uh, last week when – when he came back and kind of went off in Detroit. But, I mean, that's really been the case. And he's just been the, a table setter, you know, going leadoff home run here for the second consecutive game now. This is, you know, three times in, in you know, the span of a week here. I mean, he's just coming in here, and he's setting the tone right from the outset. And he, like, he, you know, famously said he likes to get the party started, and he's doing that, man. And, you know, it's, uh, it's very refreshing to see it. If he's going to come out there and just continue to have professional quality grown ass at bats that he's been having for the last week keep him up there baby i tell you what i don't know how hot of a take it is steve but this dude ends up hitting for the cycle before the end of the year he's been so close twice now to to getting that done and um (laughs) 
Uh, he's just been fantastic. He he has four hits tonight, Steve. Four hits in five at bats. Um, he's raised his average up to 379. He's just absolutely murdering the ball. But he got things going for the Sox tonight. Jumps on he jumped on Detroit early. Um, another guy we should probably touch on is the guy that got the ball to start the game here tonight, and that's Dylan Cease. He went six and one third. He let up five hits. Two runs, two of them earned. He walked three and struck out three. He did let up a home run, and that did come in the first inning. Um, I think Shoop hit that. Jonathan Shoop hit that, I believe. Um, yep. And that was in the second inning. I'm sorry. He hit that in the second inning. So, you know, uh, Dylan Cease had a pretty good outing. I want to get your thoughts on it. He, it seemed like he lacked control for a little bit there, but then he kind of settled down a little bit. But then... I, Sea starts are so hard to dissect because the stuff is there, but the control is just all over the place. Yeah, so th- this was really, I think, in some ways, kind of almost a, a tale of two separate games for Seas. You know, the first time through the order, um, the Tigers were really having some good at bats on him. They were jumping on him relatively early in the count, and they were putting some good quality swings on him, getting some some loud contact and, and hitting into some loud, hard outs against him uh, that first time through the order. Second time through, it looks like him and McCann made, you know, some nice adjustments, and he really kind of settled in there from the fourth through the sixth inning. Um, I was a little bit shocked, to be honest with you, that he went back out there for the seventh inning. Uh, he was close to 100 pitches at, at that point. I thought, you know, that after six would have been a good spot to get him out of there and then turn it over to the bullpen. Ricky chose to have him go back out there to start the inning. Um, you know, he gives up a, a base hit and, and then a, a walk. So, you know, leaves himself in a little bit of a jam. Um, Cody Hewer just comes in and just shuts the door doing what he does in there. But, you know, Cease, you know, overall it, it was, you know, a positive start. Again, still not getting a ton of strikeouts with only the street three of those in the sixth and third. Um, you know, one interesting sequence in there, and this was one that really kind of caught my eye a little bit. And Steve Stone even commented on this on, on the Jonathan Scope home run in the second inning there. The home run that Scope hit came on a breaking ball. And the sequence within that particular at bat, Cease threw him four consecutive breaking balls. He had thrown a couple of really sharp, tight sliders and then went to a little bit of, a, of an overhand curveball. And Scope was waiting for it and deposited it into the left center field bleacher. So I, I think some pretty questionable sequencing there from McCann and Cease in that particular spot right there. And again, Stone had even mentioned that. Um, you know, I think after about that point is, is when I think they started to make a little bit of an adjustment. Um, but overall, you know, it, it was still a, a positive outing for Cease overall here. Um, you know, just re- really would like to see him, you know, really kind of harness the command of the fastball in, in particular here. He, you know, was really starting to be a little bit more effective with his breaking ball today, working um, behind, or, or excuse me, pitching backwards in a number of different sequences, featuring the slider and the curveball to get ahead of hitters, then trying to wipe them out with fastballs, although he was relatively unsuccessful with that here. So something interesting to kind of keep an eye on here for his next start. Yeah, I'm just kind of waiting for that game where it all comes together for, for Dylan. Um, because, I mean, as much as I love beating up on the Tigers, let's face it, they're not a very good baseball team from top to bottom right now. Um, I'm glad that, he, you know, you beat the teams, like you and I said last time we were on together, beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. That's what he did tonight. He did good enough for the, to make that happen. It's just, I guess, me expecting 
you know, expecting more. But he does move to four and one on the season, and that's cool and tough. I mean, I know it's just a record, but that's that's fucking great. I'm very very happy. Um, you know, he picked up the dub here. So moving on within this game, you know, just to get to more plays here. Tim Anderson comes up in the bottom of the second now. He hits a double, and he's going to score Nomar Mazar and Danny Mendick. And Danny Mendick reaches to third. After that, Mankata comes up, hits a sacrifice fly to uh, right field, and then Danny Mendick scores, uh, and T.A. goes to third. After that, Jose Abreu singles on a weird-ass fly ball. I thought that was going to be caught, and it wasn't caught. And I, I, you saw the disappointments. You saw the disappointment on the young left-hander who started tonight for <laughs> for the Tigers. Um, you know, Scooball, Scooball, I butcher, butcher names constantly. That's what that's what I fucking do. But um, you saw the fucking pure disappointment in his face when that one happened. Uh, he was like, oh, you got to be shitting me. Is that, is that really what just happened there? But, um, you know, we get another run. So Sox are up. I mean, it's it's 4-1 early. It's four one early. It, the offense is clicking right now, and it, it it's a good feeling to see this. They've been clicking ever since what what was that uh, Sunday against the Cardinals? Um, they they've been clicking. They were clicking on Monday. They're clicking today. Uh, I think this offense is in a groove, and I, I'm digging what I'm seeing out of that. Um, any plays that in particular that kind of stuck out towards you? Uh, tonight, Steve, and what do you think about this offense uh, whipping ass like they have been? Yeah, you know, but about to kind of piggyback off of, you know, the highlights you gave there in the second inning. That I think was really a pivotal inning in in this particular game here. You know, we've seen when the Sox have been struggling offensively here in the early parts of this season here, their inability to cash in when they have runners in scoring position or being unable to execute to the point where they can score multiple runs in an inning. So being able to put up a crooked number in that second inning, being able to get three runs, that was a, that was a very big deal right there. Like you mentioned, Tim roping that double and then Yoan executing with a productive out, hitting a, hitting a sack fly to be able to score a run. And then Jose Abreu, just a professional at bat, dropping a little duck snort in there to, to score that third run in there. Listen, crooked numbers are cool and tough. You know, we need to see more of those uh, out of this team. So I was very encouraged to see that happen in that second inning right there. Um, that was that was just, you know, outstanding um, to see them finally come through in a spot where they had an opportunity to score multiple runs and to actually cash in on them. Did you think Castro had that ball? I, I did it. I, I thought I he had a good first. jump on it. I thought he was go. I thought he yeah. had it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I did I did it first, to, t- to tell you the truth. And then I was like, all right, well, no, he doesn't have it. So, all right, let's yeah, go. I was like, fucking, t- I, man, I was just so happy. I don't know why. I was sitting there, I was watching it. I, dude, I've been candying it out tonight. I had, like, fucking box of nerds, some warheads, some sprees. I'm all fucking, you know, jacked up and shit, feeling good. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, uh, I really thought he was going to have that shit. So I got even more hyped when that shit happened. Woke up everybody in the house. It just, that was great. This game started off so well. I can't even put words into it. It just started off so well. I'm very, very happy with how the Sox offense has been performing. So then we get into the top of the third. Um, Detroit scores again. They make it four to two. Bottom of the fourth, Steve. We have Jose Abreu come up. We have T.A. and Yohan Mankata on base. 
Abreu doubles. Sharp line drive to center. Both of those guys score. We go up 6-2. to two. That was a great hit, number one. Number two, while we're getting into it, because the Sox didn't score again until the bottom of the eighth, Tim Anderson, <laughs> this guy was a part of every scoring sequence in every inning tonight as well. I think that's something that we need to take into a into account there. Um, and either him or Yohan Mankata were a part of it. The top of the order, which is, I believe, what you named this episode, Steve. That was wasn't that your uh, wasn't that your name for the episode here tonight? I think uh, I think I called it from the top. Maybe you call it from the top rope. I, I, I don't know, but something there because listen, the, the top part of this order, you know, with with Timmy and and Yolan, right now, they're the field going. Um, they're really they're setting the pace for for this. They're the engine that makes this thing go. And those two guys are getting on base. That's the thing to make so much easier for the big boys to make. circumstance where doing it even against a bad team can breed confidence and if this team gets confident in itself and starts to really believe in itself and and believe in what they can do on a night in night out basis from an offensive standpoint then they could really start to become dangerous if they really start to believe in themselves i absolutely agree with everything you just said there 100 percent agree so after Dylan Cease exits the game here, he, um, like you said, how many pitches was he through when they took him out there, Steve? It was like a hundred and something. I can't, I can't remember. I don't, think, I, don't think, I don't know if he quite got to a hundred, but I know going into the top of the seventh, I think he was at maybe, um, he was at either 89 or 90 at, at the start of, of the seventh inning. That's why I was a little bit surprised to see him uh, go back out there in that circumstance. Yeah, he, he was out there for a while. I wish I, I'm trying to find the exact number. But uh, regardless, they end up taking him out, and Cody Hoyer comes on, and he just does fantastic, which is no surprise. Uh, th- th- that kid's been in Fuego all year. Um, I, I think we have a diamond in the rough there. Um, you know, he comes on. After he comes on, we get Zach Birdie. Now, he ran into a little trouble. He did let up one earned run. Um, he let up two hits, two runs in general. Uh, did have one strikeout, and then Jace Fry came in to uh, to to close it down in the top of the ninth inning. Um, other than that, I think everything seemed to click here tonight. Uh, you know, one thing that is getting a little concerning is I've never seen so many catcher interferences in my life in a year, and I feel like that's like across like the MLB at this point. Um, but that's something that needs to be worked on, but everything else, I mean, Steve, it was a, it was a pretty good game top to bottom. I, you know, it wasn't crazy. Oh, Dylan Cease's pitch count was 104. It was 104 when yeah. they, when they ended up taking him out. So he did cross over a um, hundred there, but yeah, everything clicked tonight, man. The, the bullpen came in, they held it down for the most part. The offense was, 
in Fuego from start to finish. The, the top of the order was fantastic. And the White Sox, I don't want to say no win is easy, but they pick up an easy dub here tonight. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a pretty crisp effort overall, um, you know, in, in all We're having a little bit of technical difficulties with you here, Steve. Kind of lost you, your audio a little bit there. We got you back yet? No, we don't have you back yet. Perfect. Buzz. There you go. Okay. He's back. Okay. Okay. Um, you, you know, defensively, you know, Mazzara had the misplay in the top of the third inning that ultimately resulted in a run scoring. But aside from that, defensively, pretty crisp effort overall. Danny Mendick had a, a couple of really nice plays, um, you know, over at second base there. Mankata did, um, you know, his usual work over there at third base. The one thing that, you know, we all kind of were collectively holding our breath on a little bit there was Luis Robert in, in the seventh inning there when he tried to make that diving catch and looked like he rolled his wrist a little bit. Um, you know, they did the precautionary x-rays here, said that it was just some soreness with with the wrist there. Um, but this is definitely going to be something to keep an eye on here because that's a wrist that Robert has had problems with um, prior to getting to Chicago here during his time in the minor leagues. So hopefully there's nothing se severe going on with that particular injury because right now, man, they simply, they cannot afford to lose Luis Robert for any period of time. No, no, they, no, they can't afford to lose anybody. Yeah. <laughs> anybody anymore, but especially Luis Robert. Yeah. That, that scared the shit out of me that he almost came up with that shit. I know his glove hit the ground, but he almost came up with that and it was pretty fucking awesome, but obviously it didn't work out that way, but was uh was definitely awesome. Uh, you have anything else to touch on before we move into tomorrow? Um, I do not. All right. Well, we're going to move into tomorrow's game and it's a very interesting game. And the reason I say that is because Detroit has called up their top pitching prospect, 2018's first pick, Casey Mize. Um, Detroit's first pick, Casey Mize there. Uh, what do you think about this, Steve? I mean, th th this is a storyline in itself. If I'm not wrong, didn't Casey Mize, wasn't he like the first pick of the draft? Yeah, yeah. Mize was the first overall pick in the draft yeah. in 2018. Um, you know, he came, came to the Tigers from Auburn University there. So, um, you know, this is a guy that is a highly regarded prospect. You know, um, according to MLB.com, the number eight overall prospect in, in the game right now. So, um, you know, this is a guy that, look, the Tigers, when they drafted him number one overall, they're looking at him to be – what Justin Verlander was for them um, from, you know, the period of 2006 until, you know, 2016. So they're looking for him to really take that mantle as the top of the rotation guy and their horse that, that is hopefully going to lead their rotation because they've got some really high end pitching prospects um, in their system. We saw, you know, um, Tarek Skubal tonight, you know, w with Mize and then Matt Manning and Alex Fiedo, they've got some really intriguing and power young arms, and they're looking for Mize to be that guy to lead that rotation here. So it's going to be interesting to watch him uh, tomorrow and how the Sox approach him. Absolutely, and uh, you know, hopefully we can get to him uh, like we were able to do to, uh, to the pitcher tonight. You know, in his first major league start, we came out and we attacked him pretty bad. He he had a bad bad time. He did not have a good time. Um, I do feel bad for Scoob a little bit. Like he came out, I, and I got don't. rocked. Well, I mean, I don't feel. I mean. 
I hate the fucking Tigers. I hate our division rivals more than anything. But for some reason, I don't know. I felt like I was watching a a kid struggle, and I saw it in his face. And I was like, ah, oh, God. I was like, that's got to hurt a little bit. Um, you know, it sucks that he has that D on his hat, no doubt. It makes me kind of enjoy it, but I, I was just like, oh, man, this kid's getting fucking rocked. So hopefully we can do that to Mize tomorrow, but it is now official, Steve. It is now official. According to MLB Bruce Levine on Twitter, rookie Dane Dunong starts for the White Sox on Wednesday. Who the fuck is Dane Dunong? I know I'm bad at last names, Steve. Okay, I understand it. It's fine. I accept that. Okay, I, you know. But come on, how does this fucking guy get away with this constantly? Bruce Levine, ladies and gentlemen, Dane Dunong starts for the White Sox Wednesday. <laughs> so my sources tell me that um, Bruce has some pretty bad arthritis in his fingers that um, apparently greatly hampers his ability to tweet. So I don't know if that's true or not. I've never met Bruce. I, I've walked by him at the ballpark on a couple of occasions here, but I have, you know, some some you know hashtag sources that have told me that he's got really bad arthritis in those hands, and that uh, definitely plays a role in some of the Twitter hijinks that we see from from him on occasion. And you know, the the thing that's really funny is the the Bruce Levine parody account that's out there. A lot of times you really can't tell which one is the real account and which one isn't. I I, I can never tell, Steve. I can never like I have to do that double because like the 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 parody accounts like at Bruce MLB and I'm like wait I'm like which one's the real one? Like I I I forget sometimes. Thank God for that blue check mark because if that wasn't there, I I don't know how I would honestly I have no idea how the fuck I would tell. I I really don't. But this is exciting. This is super, super, super exciting um, tomorrow because, you know, not only are we watching a rookie get his start for Detroit, who's very highly regarded, obviously, number eight prospect in all of baseball, like you just mentioned, Steve, but we are getting a former top 100 prospect and at one time was, a, uh, you know, really up there within the Sox uh, top prospects and Dane Dunning. And people are really excited about him. They talked about him being the fourth, fifth starter for years, for like two years, you know, um, three years probably. So I'm very excited to see Dane Dunning. Um, I'm very excited to see what he could do in his first major league start. And I, I think that just adds a little bit more of a storyline and a little bit more excitement heading into tomorrow. Yeah, that's it's gonna be it's gonna be nice to finally watch Dunning here um, get to Chicago. You know, this is a guy that was you know the third piece in the Adam Eaton deal to Washington after the 2016 season. Um, you know, you mentioned Dunning is a very highly touted guy. was a was a first round pick by the Nationals in 2016. Uh, former top 100 guy and was really having a strong season for Double A Birmingham in 2018 when he went down with some forearm issues and then had to unfortunately have Tommy John surgery in March of last season. So. You know, this is going to be his first real game action in over two years. So hopefully the uh, adrenaline isn't flowing too high uh, tomorrow. He's able to, to just come out there, you know, do what he can do naturally. And, you know, he's a guy that pounds the strike zone. So, you know, hopefully he's able to just go out there, um, command his fastball on both sides of the plate, which is something that he is very well known for, be able to use his secondary stuff, stay ahead in counts. And look, this Detroit Tigers offense is not a good offense. Just go at them, pitch ahead in counts, and and allow your defense to make plays behind you, and and you're going to be fine. So hopefully that's what uh, we get out of Dunning tomorrow. And 
you know, it, it'd be really nice if he could go out there and provide a level of stability to this rotation right now here. Um, there's a lot of question marks and, and some issues that they've had at this number five spot within the rotation. And if he could come in there and provide some stability to that, that's just going to make this team that much better. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we can find some stability there, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So with all that being said, who are you riding it, riding on tomorrow to be your pick to click? All right. So rookie, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Timmy's going to ambush him again tomorrow. I, I mean, look, the, the interesting thing about Casey Mize and, you know, this will give everyone an opportunity. I wrote a piece on, uh, on, School Lab and Casey Mize for ONTAP Sportsnet here today, kind of giving just a little bit of a scouting report on, on these two pitching prospects for the Tigers. The thing about Casey Mize that I think is relatively interesting is for a guy that's a 93 to 95 mile an hour fastball and can touch up to 97, he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts with that fastball, actually. So, and I think that's actually for a guy like Timmy, the way he's going out there and just working himself into good fastball counts and trying to ambush pitchers. I think this is a, a recipe for success for TA to get the party started again tomorrow here. And I think that's something that the Sox hitters as a whole should look to do because Casey Mize, his put away pitch is a nasty, hard, biting split finger fastball here. So you want to get him early in the count because you don't want to put him in a position where he can use that splitter to put you ahead or excuse me, to put you away when he gets ahead in counts. But I'm looking for Timmy to be aggressive early in counts, get himself into some fastball counts and drive one out of the park again tomorrow. I am going to choose Nomar Mazzara. And I don't know why I did that, Steve, but it felt right right now. It felt it felt and now I instantly regret it. But I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay with it. I'm gonna stay with it. I, I choose Nomar Mazzara tomorrow because I think that uh, the least likely guy is going to benefit off of uh, young Casey Mize's first start in the MLB, and I think this. Yeah, he's gonna find his first home run. He just missed one tonight. Um, let, let's see. Let's see him do it tomorrow. So I'm gonna go Nomar Mazzara because I mean this this guy needs a little good juju, and I'm trying to rain down some good juju on him because as much as it's nice for and you know this, I'm not, again I'm not trying to throw out any shots, but everybody always loves to say I told you so on White Sox Twitter. That that's a that's a famous thing on White Sox Twitter. Even if you have a bad take, like you you brought up one of your bad takes right off the bat. I didn't think Tim Anderson was going to be a good leadoff hitter. You can go back into an episode of Pinwheels and Ivy that Zoe did uh, where he asked me my opinion on Tim Anderson, and I said keep batting him in the seventh spot. That's where he was the most comfortable. Have him work on his defense, but don't, for the love of God, he's not a leadoff hitter, so stop talking like that. Shows you how fucking much I know, right? Because look what he did. You look like what he's done. So I'll, I'll own that right now. I've been proven wrong. I, I, I've been proven wrong, but... Back to what I, my point is. I'm trying to rain down the good juju on Nomar Mazzara right now, Steve, because I've been calling for Puig. That's who I've been calling for. I wanted that because I thought it was a realistic signing. It wouldn't cost us that much money, and I think he is 10 times a player that Nomar Mazzara is. And I, I, I just want the best player in right field. So I'm going to rain down some good juju. I'm not going to bring up Puig's name in le at least until tomorrow when Mazzara picks, uh, pisses me off. So I've got one. Got, you know, we've got a 24-hour period here, or maybe a little less than that, maybe a 21-hour you know, period here where you will not hear me say that man's name. 
Um, but that is my pick to click, and then we'll get into uh, socks on tap shout outs. Uh, you got any shout outs tonight, man? Yeah, I want to give a shout out to um, Iowa Zach. So he's he's one of the Legion members of the Iowa Sox crew. You know, out there with uh, Jason Hosking and uh, and and some of the other boys over there in the Hawkeye State. You know, uh, go ahead and give uh, give Zach a follow at Iowa Zach. That's a, that's a good shout out. I like those guys. Um, the Iowa guys are, are super fucking dope. Totally dig them. Um, tonight, I am going to give my socks on tap shout out to I for I, I see I, I lost I lost his name. God damn it! Sockside Sports. There we go. I found it. Sockside Sports. He um I had tweeted a picture talking shit to Juice about something, and um I had I saw that. Yeah. I, I have my, I have my, th- I've, I upset the Cubbies on tap crew tonight and I was provoked first. Okay. I was provoked first, but I just kind of went at him. And then, you know, of course, some of those Cubby, who, what about his defensive run saved? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Stop getting all upset that Tim Anderson is fucking almost double the batting average of your all-star fucking shortstop over there. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm providing facts that this dude's electric and it's fantastic. Um, he, he does more than slide cool into second base. Okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to give it to Sockside sports on Twitter at Sockside sports because homie has, uh, two nice TVs. It looks to be in his basement as well. And he was saying, you know, I might add a third under there. And I have now just recently added a third to the buzz cave. So there's a bunch of sports going on around here. So I want to give my shout out to him today. I thought, uh, I thought that was pretty dope. So that's all I got, man. That's all I got. You got anything else before we ride out? I got two TVs going here right now. You know, I got the Hawks, you know, in Vegas going on here, and the Hawks just tossed up the lead against the Tigers three during the second period. I got the Twins and the Brewers in in the tenth inning here. You know, in, in this game, the Twins. You know, they're starting tonight. Kenta Maeda took a no hitter into the ninth inning. The Brewers were able to rally, score three runs, to force extra innings on this thing here. So hopefully Josh Hader can get it out here and force this thing into the 11th. And the Brewers can, you know, get a come from behind victory and the Sox can pick up a game in the standings here. So, but to to your point there, you know, I'm I'm myself thinking, you know, hey, look, it's probably time for me to add at least a third monitor here because, um, you know, there's, there's just so much going on here right now with you know really having to focus. On the division rivals, and you got the Hawks going right now here. So, you know, I feel like I'm really just limiting myself here with the two TVs, and, and I need to step up the game a little bit. You know, you know, Steve, it was the best decision I've ever made to add a third TV down here to the Buzz Cave. Um, but it's never enough. I think I need a fourth. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. It's, it's so hard, but it's absolutely super cool. Well, everybody, I really hope y'all enjoyed the episode here tonight. Um, we will be back. Well, somebody will be back in some sort of capacity tomorrow. I don't know if we actually have that one hammered out yet, but somebody will be here. Somebody will be here. Maybe it'll be me again. Maybe it'll be Steve again. Who knows? Cause baby buzz is due on Friday. So I'm trying to get on as many of these as I possibly can before baby buzz number two comes. Anyway, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at SoxOnTap at ontapsportsnet. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow after another White Sox victory. Speaking that shit into existence. We'll be back tomorrow with another White Sox victory. And we'll leave by saying White Sox forever. White Sox forever.
Are you a sports card collector? Are you looking to buy or sell your vintage cards? If so, contact Josh over at Midwest Vintage Cards. With over 25 years of experience in the field, Midwest Vintage Cards will pay you cash for your collection. Check out their eBay store by searching Midwest Vintage Cards or follow them on Instagram at Midwest Vintage Cards. Contact Josh at 847-602-8604 or email him at josh at midwestvintagecards.com to get your quote today.